Eric Roberts is a fucking man He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began We should give him every medal, every trophy and award He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard Meow, 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 meow. It's episode number 52 of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, the world's most celebrated Eric Roberts-related podcast. I'm Doug Tilly, and joining me licking his own genitals today is my co-host, Liam O'Donnell. How are you doing, Liam? I'm pretty good, Doug. How are you? Liam, this is a very strange episode that we're going through today. Yeah, uh, we don't often focus on just one episode of one TV show, let alone one episode in which I feel as if Eric Roberts is almost not the most important person in this thing. It, I mean, we're going to get into a lot of detail in regards to that aspect of it, but but you're right. And this this is uh, not only unique because we're only going to be covering one project, right. but it's unique because of who our guests, and yes, I said guests. Oh my God, who, is, who are our guests, Doug? I'm not going to talk about that yet, Liam. First, I want to check in with you. Oh. How are things in O'Donnell land? You know, they're pretty. You know, Liam, it's been a very exciting week. It has. Um, why? Because of politics or a trailer came out? Well, what, let's get into politics. I think that's why people listen to you our know, Eric Roberts related podcast. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Corbyn. Let's, let's, let's hash it out. I mean, I labor. They really made some strong inroads. Uh, I feel that our friends in the UK, we have a, lo- a large listenership in the UK. Do um, we really? Is that actually a thing? Probably not. <laughs> going to say i, I would imagine your average person chanting brits out on this thing like you should have told me have you ever visited the united kingdom liam uh no i've only been to the free republic of ireland oh that's right you went to ireland to visit your brethren no i went to ireland uh-huh. but i've never visited any of my relatives there though my mom keeps in touch with many a fifth sixth and eighth cousin over there Here's a question for you, Liam, just really quick before we get into there, our guest today. Sure. Uh, you are straight edge. I am. That means that you do not drink. I do not. But people in Ireland, they all drink. Oh, To yes. excess all the time. That's what they're known for. I mean, that's I, I want to say that's a horrible stereotype, but when mm-hmm. I was over there, that seemed to be relatively true, actually. Did you have trouble fitting in because uh, no. you were too hardcore punk for them to be like, hey, I'll look, hello there, dude. No, I guess not my Irish. Uh, fiddle-dee-dee, there you go. Fiddle-dee-dee, have some Guinness there, Liam. No, the, and only you're issue, like, the only issue I had while I was in Ireland was that uh, I was in Ireland during the Bush presidency. And oh. so uh, one night in Dublin, we were in a pub and I was drinking Diet Coke while my friends drank whatever, you know, devil's brew they wanted to drink. That's and, right. And uh, this woman, uh, my friend asked to see a newspaper, which he was clearly doing to hit on this woman. He didn't really want to see the newspaper. I mean, it's a pretty great move. And she heard his accent and fucking lost it. And then the whole table lost it because we were each personally responsible for the war in Iraq. And she wanted to let us oh. know. And I remember... Did like, you just keep referring to things as Johns the whole time? It's like, I wasn't responsible for that John. Well, we were just kind of like, all right, no, I mean, we don't like Bush. And it's like, you know, they're like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. and then it was just it was it was starting to get very over- overwhelming. And then at a certain point, like we were like, all right, we're just going to go. And then I just was like, you know what? 
this is it, I'm not saying that this was an appropriate thing to say at all. Uh-huh. I just turned and said, you know what? You're still white people, so fuck you. <laughs> and you know what, Doug? They all shut up. That was the only thing that shut them up. No matter what we said about how we didn't like Bush and we didn't support the war, they didn't care. But when I finally pointed out that they were a bunch of white Irish people kicking a brown dude out of their bar, that kind of shut them up for a few seconds. But then we still left. And then you had like a potato in your hand. It's like, well, I'm not going to give you this. <laughs> no, I just went back. To All right, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. All right, we're doing a little things a little bit differently on this episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, as we mentioned previously. We will be covering an episode of the reality television series My Cat from Hell, starring the illustrious Jackson Galaxy. And we'll get into him in just a bit, too. Uh, our original guest... Had to be delayed slightly, so he's being pushed ahead. So uh, I was left scrambling, wasn't I, Liam? Oh, yeah, you were as as anxious as you get as a Canadian. Yes, which is actually, you'd be shocked how fucking anxious that is. <laughs> so I made the executive decision that uh, we would involve our significant others, our partners in life, on this episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. And I will say that there's a lot at risk here, Liam, because uh, we recently were featured... We, we recently got the most attention we've ever gotten for an episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. So I would suggest that it's possible that we have a lot of new listeners for this episode. So, I mean, I, I find yes. that unbelievable, but sure. It's, it's fully possible. So now they're coming in and they're like, let's see what this Eric Roberts podcast is all about. First, they get this boring story that you told about Ireland. And then we have to have our terrible partners on to talk about a reality television show i worry that it might be a turnoff what do you think liam this feels like actually they're getting the perfect taste of our show Mm -hmm. boring story uh guests that are somehow both smarter than us but also less interesting i think it'll be great so first we're going to be joined by my wife my wife uh to talk about the roberts report and uh one segment on my cat from hell then we're going to be joined by your lovely wife susan who will then be joining us to also talk about My Cat from Hell, because they've all watched this episode of the TV show. We have, yes. A show that I had no idea existed. Now, is your wife excited about being on this, Liam? Would that be an accurate word? Uh, I think she is interested and willing. Uh, excited? I'm not sure. You know, when it comes to the women in my life, interested and willing is all I've ever asked. <laughs> <laughs> Also, your wife is a uh, regular public speaker, isn't that correct? She is. I don't know that uh, that that will translate to this podcast, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So let's start with my American wife, who grudgingly supports my podcasting when she's not working on her own Eaterboro website. It's the always outrageous Jill Tilly. How are you doing, Jill? Oh, I'm great. How are you guys? Jill, what do you think about Eric Roberts, the actor? Uh, I think he's ruining my marriage. How? Now, please elaborate on that. Um, I think that you love Eric Roberts more than you love me. Oh, okay. That is actually the proper amount of elaboration I would expect. Liam, would you agree with this? Uh, no, I would not. I think hmm. that um, that both your love for Eric Roberts and your animosity towards your wife are just veneers for public consumption and don't represent your true inner being. Now, you say that, but you know, my wife does spend a certain amount of time with me outside my recording time. Uh, so I feel like she might have an extra level of insight regarding to the way I treat or mistreat her. Oh, that's fair. I, I think that's fair. But I, I think that um, your interest in Eric Roberts is he's a complicated thing. Uh, it does seem like he, for one thing, he's talking directly to me instead of to you, our yeah. guest, um, which I, I, I agree with, but also I'm offended by. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, look, here's the thing about Eric Roberts. 
I love Eric Roberts. I have a podcast about him. However, I feel like I properly separate my Eric Roberts life from my personal life. It's the kind of work-life balance you have to have because otherwise your wife is going to feel like she's not getting the proper amount of attention. And it feels like maybe I've, I've, uh, uh, unbalanced things because she's not feeling as cared for and respected as she should. Isn't that right, Jill? Yes. Can I tell them about the fight we had last night? Yes. Wait, what was it about? I gotta make sure. Oh my god! Yes. No. Oh yeah. No. no I do remember it. Now. What was it about? <laughs> uh, I don't think the fight is necessarily pertinent. What happened is I was in bed. Oh, now you're gonna tell from your perspective. So you. So what happened is Doug and I had a fight once where I said you care about podcasting more than you care about this marriage, and he got somewhat rightfully offended because that was a shitty thing to say. It was a but, really awful, mean thing. But to the say. argument was that he will half-ass things. Within his daily life. But when it comes to this podcast, he will spend hours prepping for it and making sure everything is perfect and sitting in this room going, testing, testing, testing. And uh, so one of the things I asked Doug to do, which you'd think a 37-year-old man would know how to do. 36 years old. Almost 37-year-old man. Is that when he gets out of the shower, he hangs up his towel. Mm. And so... So the other night when I was going to bed, he had picked the towels up and put them over the tub, but like in a ball. So there was like no... You know, they weren't going to dry. And I was so angry because I was like, this is what I'm fucking talking about. And then she yelled at me about Eric Roberts and my podcast about him. Liam, what do you think? I've literally never hung up a towel in my life. I wouldn't even know where to begin to remember that. You know, like I could do the action once it was pointed out. I'll be honest with you. Liam is supporting my uh, perspective a lot stronger than I would have expected. So here's a really interesting piece of information before we get into the Roberts report. Liam, are you ready to hear this? I'm ready. You remember on our most recent episode, uh, we had Mike White from the Projection Booth. I did. We watched a film by Frank D'Angelo called No Deposit. Yeah, I I vaguely remember that, sure. Vaguely remember that. I know you put a lot of these projects out of your minds after we we finished recording. Well, uh, Mike is headed to Toronto next week, uh, or the week after, I should say. And he and I are going to get together, as well as Jill... To go to Frank D'Angelo's restaurant. Ooh. Isn't that, that exciting? Nice. Yeah, that sounds good. What is the name of the restaurant again? It's something stupid. I it is something it's stupid. It's called like Forget About It or something uh, awful like that. If you can just talk for just a second, Jill, I can tell you exactly <laughs> what it is. I don't know what to say. It though. sounds like it would be called like, hey, what a matter for you. Yeah, it, it is something super it stupid. Is, it's called the Forget About It Supper I Club. knew it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, it's not forget about it. It's forget about it. <laughs> of course it is. Well, because he can't really do that accent. He just yeah. does a Canadian guy who went to New York once in a dream. <laughs> saw, saw Goodfellas once, changed his life. There yeah. you go. All of a sudden, well, he's I, like, ah. On our next episode, I will give a, uh, a report back from visiting Frank D'Angelo's restaurant. Very excited. Very ex- actually excited also to meet the great Mike White, who was such a lovely, wonderful podcast. Yep. Her. Yeah, uh, I should say a lovely, wonderful guest on our most recent episode. Yeah, he's great. All right. <laughs> so, by the way, Jill, what do you think of Eric Roberts again? Oh, I think he's fucking ridiculous. All right. Well, I think he's an absurd, self-centered old man who smokes too much pot and has really ridiculous porcelain veneers that he loves to show people. All right. You're going to have to talk a little bit louder there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no problem. Let me Doug Dilly this for you. Oh, God, i got to edit all this tomorrow. All right, let's talk about the latest Eric Roberts news on The Roberts Report.
It's episode number 52 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, and as per usual, there's lots and lots of Eric Roberts news to get into. However, and I don't like Liam being part of the story. That's not me. I'm here to celebrate the life and work of one Mr. Eric Roberts. However, in the past week, there was some news involving the both of us. Yep. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I, what am I supposed to... Okay, look, 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 look. We don't get a lot of attention here at the yeah. Robert, at the Eric We have a Roberts ludicrous show. Lowly rated podcast. Not a lot of people listen to it. The people I tell about, they they sometimes smirk and say, "Oh, really?" And other people are like, "Who the fuck is Eric Roberts?" So the fact that we got any attention at all, Liam, is very very important. Yeah, and so I don't. I think the thing is, is that when when Doug first told me, I was doing twenty other things as adults do, and he expected me to immediately just like send him a video of me jerking off, and that didn't happen. I was just like, Wait, oh, that's look, cool. Okay, Liam, is that still an option? I'm going to interrupt you just for a second, Liam, yeah, because sure, we haven't sure. told people what we're even referring to yet. Oh, right, right, right. So uh, we uh, got some attention from the AV Club, the illustrious right. AV Club. So for those not in the know, uh, every week the AV Club does a feature called Podmas where they list some notable uh, podcasts and give little reviews of them. And uh, so their writer, Mike Vanderbilt, was uh, listening to an episode of our show and wrote up a, a paragraph, very complimentary paragraph, uh, celebrating our most recent episode with Mike White. Yeah, it was great. Um, and as much as I didn't immediately uh, burn down my laptop, uh, I very much read it and felt like... <sighs> That sort of compliment that's kind of embarrassing, like, oh, you do, you did think it was good? Oh, like, I felt very, like, um, I don't know, a little red in the face about it. Like, I appreciate that he would write that up. And hopefully, if people check it out, they also enjoy what we're doing here. Um, yeah. Despite, absolutely. you know, this episode, which is going to be a horror show. Right. Absolutely. Now, Liam, you had a band called Revolver Method. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. Why and are you bringing this up? I'm bringing it up for a very <laughs> pertinent. Is that like the pull-out method? No, no. Well, I guess. Like you just like, t put, you know, just have one ball that can go? You're like blasting all your sperm as it's coming out. It's like, you're <laughs> not getting why pregnant. why you went to that. I mean, clearly. No, there's a reason. I'm trying. I'm, I'm leading somewhere, Liam. No, I mean to the the idea that it's similar to the. It's it's so clearly something darker and more like angsty teenager than something involving sex. If, sure. if sex had been involved in the title, it would have been a much more upbeat title. But Liam, when you were uh, recording with Revolver Method, uh, sure. you would—I know that you've received some reviews. Oh yeah, no, all bad. Was uh, it a pop punk band? Uh, not a pop punk band. In fact, I believe that Liam is not a fan of the popular punk. No, I'm not a big fan of that. But but like, how did you react to those reviews, Liam? Well, so um, one—the only big review we ever got was um, on Buddyhead, the website Buddyhead, mm -hmm. and on there. Uh, I believe they said I had vocals like a castrated cookie monster, I believe was the t term they used, something oh like that. Oh, my goodness. So uh, it, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan of the reviews. So did it, were you personally offended by it? Like, did you have trouble recovering from it? No. I mean, I it wasn't – even though at the time I, – I talk a lot of trash on that band now. But actually at the time I did think it wasn't – that bad of a band like i kind of was like oh yeah we're okay you know whatever, whatever. were you straight edge back then too oh yeah and, oh, okay uh, so there's not really an excuse for thinking that no you no, high no or anything. i i just re I, I just that was a style of music i liked at the time and i thought we were okay at it whatever whatever but even when we got the bad review i was kind of like okay that's fine 
Like so, no part of me was like, oh my god, I can't believe they didn't like it. I was like, of course they didn't like it. Like that's so. Not- where I'm going with this, Liam, is the idea that because you had to suffer through those negative reviews, do you sure. feel like you can no longer get as enthusiastic as you might have gotten with a positive review because you're always stealing yourself for the possibility of a negative reaction? Uh, you know, that's an interesting bit of pop psychology you're doing right there, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's true. I learned it from a little man called Jackson Galaxy. <laughs> Do you get enough time outside playing with others, Liam? <laughs> I do feel that my house has not been catified enough, nor does Suze throw balls for me enough for me to chase around the house. Some sad news on this episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. We have to announce the death of actor Stephen First, uh, probably best known from the film Animal House, where he played Flounder. Uh, the reason we're bringing up Stephen First is actually, you might recall, Liam, that sure. Eric Roberts' wife, Eliza, was in Animal House. Yeah, I did know that. And they had, both Eric and Eliza had a relationship with Stephen first. Unfortunately, he passed away from complications uh, due to diabetes. Uh, he had actually had some health problems over the most, uh, over the last few years. Do you have any memories, Liam, of Stephen first? Outside of Animal House? No, actually. Uh, I feel kind of bad about that. I don't know him from other projects at all. Are you an Animal House fan? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a movie that inspires a pretty uh, uh, intense fandom, and I'm not one of those folks, but I grew Mm -hmm. up with it. So large portions of it are familiar to me with a few sections I don't I'm not as familiar with because I watched it a lot when it was on TV. So, of course, it was edited. So there's like things that I watched it a few years ago in the full unedited version. And there are definitely moments where I was like, oh, oh, like just utter surprises, you know. Uh, the film that I most connect even first with is The Dream Team, which uh, had Peter Boyle, Christopher Lloyd and Michael Keaton in it. I saw it many, many times when I was a kid. Uh, and and it's uh, it's strange that sometimes because I was never an Animal House guy that you kind of connect actors with certain roles. And because that was what I first saw him in, it's the one that I most connect him with. But very sad. Uh, certainly passed away too young. Jill, a fan of Animal House or The Dream Team? I have never seen either, but I have diabetes and probably will die due to complications. You know, Liam has diabetes as well. He probably has a good kind, though. I do, in fact, have the good kind. Thank you for acknowledging that. The kind where you got it because, you know, your body attacked you and not because you ate donuts laying on your back after you immigrated to Canada and gave it to yourself? I mean, to be fair, um, after I was diagnosed with uh, the good kind, I still ate donuts on my back, though not in Canada. Yeah, but you, you could insulin maintain. Uh, I am so bad at it. I will. I will probably also have my own set of complications, though. Um, you know, it, even well, if I, it's because my pancreas gave up on. Okay, life. so well, I'm going to interrupt. When wealth care comes through, you can come up to Canada, and you and I could be footless together. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't. I can't wait to be living in Canada. It's going to be so cool. We can get free dialysis, man. Oh, that is actually pretty good. You know, Liam, if you were from Canada when you visited Ireland and had all those people yell at you, you could have just said, "I'm from Canada." No, and I later when I said that this happened, people were like, why didn't you just say you were from Canada? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Hindsight. Because they would have asked him a question like, you know, what's the capital of Canada? What is the capital of Canada, Liam O'Donnell? Um, It mm. is... Being looked up uh, on the um, No, I'm actually not. I'm looking at Susan because I thought she would know, but she doesn't know. I think you mean Suze. Oh, that's fair. You mean the Reverend Tyndall. Calgary? Yep, wow. there you go. Oh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. No. The capital of Canada. Is that even the capital of, of Alberta? 
Uh, what, is Edmonton? what is the capital? capital? I believe Edmonton might be the capital. The capital of Canada, Liam, it's actually interesting because the capital of Ontario is Toronto, but the capital of Canada is Ottawa, Ontario. Oh. Uh, That's know, where the prime minister lives. Doug, no, what's the capital is, this of Pennsylvania? Is, this is my issue it's with... It's not Pittsburgh, is it? No, it's not Pittsburgh. Well, then I don't give Her- a fuck. It's Harrisburg. It's Pittsburgh. Harrisburg, you dumb bitch. South Central PA. Harrisburg. Sounds uh, made up. So what's weird about that that the Ottawa thing is, I, as a dumb American, whenever anyone says Ottawa, I confuse it with the the larger state of Ontario. So I'm always like, wait, Ottawa? What? Like I'm always confused by it. Even though, side note, Ottawa's only the one of two cities I've been to in Canada. So I've been there, and I'm still confused about it. What's the other one? Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, that's it. Liam, I'm usually a defender of you and your lack of knowledge and things, but I feel like that one is rather indefensible. As per usual, we did a deep dive on Eric Roberts' Twitter feed this week. Uh, just a couple of days ago, he tweeted, When does 10 seconds equal 100 years? When you take the 10 seconds to check to be sure you're not leaving a living thing in a hot car. Very uh, very prudent advice by Eric Roberts. I think even Jill would agree with that one. I, w- I would actually say that when 10 seconds feels like 100 years is when you're fucking high. Yeah, it, well, Liam wouldn't know anything about that. Um, but Jill, as you know, Liam, has had a lot of time being high lately because of her back pain. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You did talk about that. I tried to go the way of normal medical science, Liam, but then nothing worked. I don't, and have, then... a, I don't have a problem with weed. If you want to be a weedian, if you I don't want, want to be, though. If you want to follow the smoke to the rift-filled land. But I hate stoner if, culture. If like, you, I feel like if I'm going to get Yo, Liam, lungs. this girl is chronic. With bong in hand. I'm, no, I no, I just I, eat it, and then I, like, go to space. I make bit. super simple edibles to her because that's all I can handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she eats it, and she blasts off to the stratosphere. I'm just we saying, call her Wavy Gravy. If you need to follow the Weedian to Nazareth, I have your back. Wow, that just got very Reverend Tyndall. No, I'm just quoting Dope Smoker, but it's fine. Oh, on June 19th, Eric Roberts also mentioned an episode of CSI Miami he appeared on. Now, Liam, we watched an episode of Eric Roberts. Uh, sorry, we watched an episode of CSI Miami with Eric Roberts in it. Yeah, but I don't remember him dying from peanut allergy. Well, you might have recalled, we watched the final episode, I believe, of a season, didn't we? And then the first of the next season. But the uh, suggestion was there was one other episode that features Eric Roberts, oh, which we get to see. Oh, right. Okay, sure. He says, love doing that show. Requested a peanut butter sandwich as my last meal, had a fatal allergy to peanuts, died on my own terms. Liam, if you were to die on your own terms, how would you die? Probably with a, a two pints of Ben and Jerry's. Oh, ooh. That is the most bland fucking shit I've ever heard. <laughs> what flavor of Ben that, and that Jerry's? That is the white side of him for sure. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to do? Go out in a fucking blaze of glory? No. Yes! Yeah, I have right? a condition. Absolutely. I have a condition that keeps me from eating a lot of things that I enjoy. So if it's like, okay, where I'm going to go out, I might as well go out doing something I enjoy. If you ate two pints of Ben and Jerry's, do you think you would just die? Without insulin? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, I'd probably go into a coma. This is actually the problem is that I've said that before, that I could eat something bad and then just die. But I'd probably actually go into a coma. Like the fastest, faster way to die would be to have your sugar go low. But the problem then is that doesn't feel good. That feels right. really bad. I'd right, rather right. eat myself to it. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess right. I could jump out of a plane or something. I guess it's exciting, quote unquote. But you, honestly, you nothing about Baltimore. dying sounds that cool anyway. So, fuck it. You could drive down to Baltimore and go out in a blaze of glory at the Domino Sugar Factory. Oh, I was about to be like, are you about to make 
a terrible comment about Sister City, Baltimore. It really makes me sad. Body more Murderland? No, I was thinking yeah. of the Sugar Factory because that's the sort of weird shit I know from traveling the U.S. Uh, we do no, have to move on. Jill, as soon as you said it, it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Helene, when I say we have to move on. <laughs> Fuck you, Doug. Uh, Jill, what is your preferred way to die? Oh, definitely somehow in the act of killing you. Oh, I see. That's very Like hilarious. holding up your severed head and going out in a blaze of gunfire. All right. Well, actually, in Canada, that would more likely lead to a uh, arrest and some or psychological slap on the hands, right? <laughs> uh, you might get one of the Mountie horses to like stomp you to death. Uh, recently, as we mentioned uh, on Podmas, the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast was featured. But the very same day, the AV Club also mentioned uh, Eric Roberts in an article titled "Eric Roberts Adds My Cat from Hell to His Awe-Inspiring List of IMDb Credits." Uh, and the only reason I want to bring this up is. A, because it was kind of uh, fortuitous that there was two Eric Roberts mentions on the website at the same day. But also because they have a wonderful quote here that uh, about what the show is. And this gives uh, listeners of this show who might not be familiar with it a little bit of background. This is a reality series in which a very nice cat behaviorist named Jackson Galaxy, basically a cat version of the Dog Whisperer, solves people's feline pet problems while sporting borderline indefensible facial hair. What do you think, Liam? Is that accurate? <laughs> I, there was literally a moment I just looked at Susan. I think we were about 10 minutes into the show, and I just said, why does he shave that? What he has is basically a full beard in which he's decided one line on each side of his face should go away. And there's no reason for it. It doesn't make any sense. It's There are so many weird facial hairstyles that at least exist on their own. They're like real historical things that you can somewhat – talk about this is just the line he just has a weird line on his face i mean between we'll, we're gonna we're gonna get things. into some significant detail how regarding else would Jackson you know Johnson. that he's like a cool rockabilly yeah, dude he's a cool guy you can tell how cool he is when you look at him he's gotta have he jobs. certainly doesn't look like a weird fucking he's alien the worst person ever. okay very strong opinions agree about well, <laughs> apparently reinforced here on this episode of eric roberts is the fucking man uh we want to finish up here by doing oh, sorry a wife swap <clears throat> do you want to do a wife swap yeah let's do a wife swap recently added to the ever expanding eric roberts imdb page is the reality television show yeah we're, we're talking about reality tv on this episode called american kickboxer now, the thing about this show is that it was in development up until late 2015. My understanding is that it, nothing might have come of it. But if you do a search online, Liam, you can listen to me here. There's a trailer for this reality show about American kickboxers taking on, um, I guess, other kickboxers from around the world. And it's hosted by Eric Roberts. Whoa. I guess this is because of his best of the best connection. I would say almost certainly because of his best of the best connection. However, what I found most excited about it, and again, it's possible that this will still come to fruition at some point, is imagine, Liam, if there was a reality show hosted by Eric Roberts that we had to watch on a weekly basis. Wow, that sounds actually really terrible. (laughs) Well, I don't agree with that, but we'd still have to watch it. And why is that, Liam? Because of our blood oath. We made a blood oath, Liam, and because of that, we'll have to watch episodes of American Kickboxer if it ever becomes something more than a a fleeting dream that's on the Internet Movie Database. What is your reality show of choice, Liam? I would have to say Dead Set on Life. That's right. You oh. love Vice. We actually talked about this on the most recent episode, that you're a big Maddie Matheson fan. If uh, if it wasn't for, in fact, the only other reality TV that I watch 
ever is the uh, Great British Bake Off. And it the you know, Suze started watching it because when we first had Maeve, she'd have to get up in the middle of the night to breastfeed and she needed something that was not attention she didn't have to pay so much attention to. Sure. But then a bunch of nights I would wake up too to help out or change the baby. Before you know it, I was sucked into this thing too and now I love it. And I, I the most recent season I haven't seen the end of the season and it's driving me crazy. Now, I'm speaking to Suze now. What is her opinion? And understanding that she can't actually answer on mic right now. Uh, what is her opinion? She, I mean, on Paul... she can. I can turn her mic on. No, right she now. absolutely cannot. Okay. Uh, what is her opinion on Paul Hollywood? I think she um, finds him to be a charming asshole. Is that fair? He's gone, isn't he? Paul Hollywood's gone from the British Bake Off. Is we it? have no idea. We're is not that correct? up to date. Everything I thought it was in... just Mel and Sue. I feel like everything in England, everything that happens in England is like on a delay to we find out about it here. So I don't know. Well, you we, do, she does know that Mel and Sue are gone from the British Bake Off. She knew that. She says it's a tragedy. I had it no is idea. tragic. I had I really actually had no idea. I want to say from. something now. Noel Fielding from the uh, the Mighty Boosh is taking over. Anyway, Jill, you have something to say? So there's two things about the British Bake Off because I also love this show. It's so fucking so, good. It's the greatest show. And you know what? It, you know why it's great? Because everyone's so nice. Because everyone's so nice. That they're all it. really that supportive. The thing. Yes. It, they're so fucking nice. You root for every single person. Except so, for that Sky guy from that season. Oh, yeah. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Um, so anyway, two oh things. God. One. I just realized who you were talking about. You know, got eliminated first episode. Yeah. yeah. Fuck <laughs> him. That douchey <laughs> motherfucker. Anyway. Um, yeah. So two things that I don't like about Bake Off. Okay. One are Sue and Mel's terrible puns that make me no, want to bash them wrong, in the face. Wrong. Okay, wrong. I'm sorry. I just hate it. Yeah, but yeah, the other thing, and this is the thing I think monster. we can agree on. This is one I think we can agree on. Watching Mary Berry pick up food and eat it with her knobbly arthritic fingers mm. is so vile. I hate to admit that, but I do actually agree. The other thing that also gets on my nerves is that the... Uh, the British sort of excel in making arbitrary rules and then insisting mm. that those rules are written to, into the fabric of the universe. So there's a bunch of times on the show where like they'll be like, well, clearly a Schlagenschluh is this thing that I've made up. And I'm like, <laughs> no one knows what the fuck you're talking about. And some of the food that they are obsessed over is actually fucking disgusting. Like yeah, ice is. buns are just a fucking hot dog roll with ice cream <laughs> in the middle. That like, you could not imagine a more fucking disgusting thing. And they're eating it, being like, "This is not a proper iced bun." This and she's bun shoving it in her mouth with her iced. like, with her like pointy pink fingernails into her overly made up face, and you just want to beat her into the ground. I mean, you can tell you're, Jill's you're a big fan. It to some whole other level. I just I'm mildly like. It's because of the icing story. I told All right. You. After with after that discussion on the great baking. Uh, oh yeah, that's not even the topic of the show, is yeah. it? Yeah. What's a great? They, don't they have it given it? They given it a different title in the states, isn't that correct, Liam? Yeah, I think it's just called the British Baking Show. Or yeah. Something like that. What? Fucking Americans! They ruin it's everything. Bake off, motherfucker! I mean, it's the Sorcerer's Stone. Technically, we watch the Great British Bake Off because we have copies that were not acquired officially. All right, that's all the Eric Roberts news that we have on this episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. We need to take our first break, and when we return, Jill will be joining us to talk about the reality television show My Cat from Hell. From hell. Oh, from hell, yes. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> I can't, I literally can't edit that out because I it's know, over that's my the best side part. of the audio. 
When we return, we'll be talking about My Cat from Hell. We'll be back right after this. The Indians send signals from the rocks above the pass. The cowboys take position in the bushes and the grass. The score is with the corporal, she is tied against the tree. She doesn't mind the language, it's the beating she don't need. She lets loose all the horses when the corporal is asleep. And he wakes to find the fires dead and arrows in his axe. And Davy Crockett rides around and says it's cool for cats, it's cool for cats. The Sweeney's doing 90 cause they've got nowhere to go They get a gang of villains in a shed up at Heathrow They're counting out the fivers when the handcuffs lock again In and out I once were with the numbers on their names It's funny how the missus always looks a bleeding same And meanwhile at the station there's a couple of likely lads Who swear like as your father and they're very cool for cats on this episode of My Cat from Hell, Jackson works with a couple with a blind cat who's suffering from living in a chaotic environment. He then visits a Jekyll and Hyde cat, Jude, that's a darling during the day, but a nightmare at night. You know, just like how Jekyll and Hyde is, apparently. It's an episode of uh, My Cat from Hell. Now, the odd thing about that description that I just uh, read out from the Internet Movie Database is that it doesn't mention... Eric Roberts, or does it? Because the couple it refers to, the couple with a blind cat, that's Eric and Eliza Roberts. This episode, uh, a big chunk of it takes place in the Roberts household and involves, I guess, their five cats that they have in that house. The very, very strange thing, and I think it's the thing that we kind of need to talk to, uh, sorry, talk about right off the top, is that Eric and Eliza are never referred to as actors. And Eric is never referred to as Eric Roberts. They don't even bring up his last name. They very much intentionally want them just to appear to be a normal, average couple. And I thought it was a very odd approach to take. I want to start with our guest, Jill. What did you think of this episode? And were you surprised that they didn't focus on the fact that this is a celebrity in their midst? Uh, Yeah, actually, especially because it seems like Eric Roberts being such a prolific actor and literally willing to do anything for work that that might have been like an angle he'd want to take for future work I don't know or to make his name more public since he's not quite as well as you say like when you tell people about this podcast they're like who so I was quite surprised at that Liam over to you were you also I mean it must have been something you noticed while watching it uh enraged me Um, oh interesting I from the first moment was like Yo, Jackson Galaxy better put some respect on uh, Eric and Eliza's name. Like, what is going on right now? Like, he's treating these, these, uh, to me, royalty as just some schlubs. Embarrassing schlubs, too. Like, the way he talks about how they live their lives. He's like, ugh, these two. They don't even know how to take care of five cats properly. Oh, my gosh. And I'm just like getting very upset i mean i'm already set up to be upset because his facial hair is a crime against humanity we'll we'll get to his facial hair in just a second now i'm saying he's already presenting in a way that makes me unhappy and then the fact that he never acknowledges it and you know we talk a lot of shit on this show honestly about eric roberts i mean you always try to pretend like you don't but you do too but i honestly and if it's not clear let me this be the first episode where i say it i see eric as you know slightly descended royalty like he's no longer at a place where he was but he still has done great things and if i met him i wouldn't be like hey whatever man i'd be like oh eric roberts like this is pretty cool that i'm meeting you whatever whatever but this guy acts like 
who are these people? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, there's no sense in which he's like, oh, by the way, best of the best or runaway train or whatever you want to say. I really like it. Even just like you're related to Julia Roberts. There's none of that. These are just two random old people. And since he is the god, Jackson Galaxy, he's ready to to bring his cat blessings into their cat household. In Jackson Galaxy's defense, and that is the only time I'm going to say those words together on this episode. <laughs> Uh, I have to think that they intentionally did not want to be identified as celebrities on this episode. Because why else wouldn't you trade on that, right? I mean, that is just an extra added benefit for your show to have a celebrity on it. To not mention it, to not say, uh, oh, and this is Eric Roberts, star of Best of the Best, Runaway Train, and Star 80, and all that shit. It, it it seems like a missed opportunity. You don't just go to their house and not bring it up. Uh, so I have to think that for whatever reason... It just wasn't brought up on purpose. I, don't I have a theory. Yeah, oh, wait, Jill has a theory. My theory is that their house is so fucking ugly and dirty. Oh, my. That they didn't want people to know that they're actually celebrities and spending all their money on squirrel rescues and feeding raccoons outside their pool. Well, here's the thing, Jill. Not only was Eric and uh, were Eric and Eliza on an episode of Wife Swap where we got to see their house in plenty of detail, uh, they also both appeared on several different celebrity ghost shows mm. which also featured their house in some detail. So when we saw it on this episode, it was not a surprise oh. what their house looked was like. Was it the same state of disrepair? I know. It I would not use the word disrepair. It looked like my parents' house. It does look like Jill's parents' house to an eerie degree, I would say. <laughs> I In that there's just... like boxes of shit everywhere and old spices and stuff. Yes. Not old spice, old spices. Please continue, Liam. I insist on believing that Jackson Galaxy cannot brook the presence of any other being in his realm that might possibly have more importance than him. <laughs> so, I have an, another little piece of information that you may not know, Liam, about Jackson Galaxy, which is that... He eats he has... children. He will. That as well, but potentially he, he's, um, he's still in a swing band. He has a degree. <laughs> he's obviously in a rockabilly band, not a swing band. But um, <laughs> he wishes. Oh, you're gonna have to tell Liam about the old, old opening theme to this show, anyway. But um, he has a, um, I believe either a bachelor's or a master's degree in acting. So maybe the deference he's showing Eric Roberts inside, he's falling apart, being next to this Hollywood royalty. Oh. But he's just able to hold it in with his acting chops. Or maybe he he Hot chops. Maybe he chops. was trained in like Stella Adler, and he he's at odds with Eric Roberts' acting method, and he's just like, I'm going to show you disrespect because there's only one cat daddy around here, and it's Jackson <laughs> Galaxy. I do like the idea of him as a cat daddy. I I just think that much like a lot of these other sorts of shows. Um, in which there's the expert, the show is about their expertise. This show exists not to help your average cat owner figure out how to own a cat, which is, by the way, an actual thing that is hard that people should learn how to do. Sure. It's, the show is mostly designed to be a slow jerk off to Jackson Galaxy every episode. And every okay. episode's about him figuring it out and how important he is and how he managed to come in and really like help these people because he's cat Jesus and you should worship him. Okay, let's talk about Jackson Galaxy in a little more detail here. It, describe Jackson Galaxy to me, Liam. Well, uh, well. Jackson Galaxy is uh, a, you know, an average white man in many ways. Uh, he has a shaved head, you know, uh, he's got uh, gauged out ears in which he has almost the most embarrassing earrings he could have in them. Not the most, but very close. And then he has this meticulously groomed facial hair in which 
he has technically grown a full beard, only he has chosen to make sure the space on either side of what would be his soul patch is very defined. And then he's taken an arbitrary line and shaved it so that it looks as if he might have giant sideburns and then a large, irrationally sized goatee. But if it weren't for this line, which is less than an inch wide, he would just have a beard. It's like, and, and it's, fresh every day it's never like starting to grow in so before every taping he has to make sure that his less than an inch line exists to maintain the complete fallacy that he has sideburns and a goatee now another thing about jackson galaxy is that both jill and i have watched earlier seasons of my cat from hell and back then he was a larger gentleman oh so he's lost weight i thought he He might have but i wasn't sure because he's got that big head thing, right? Going he's on. got a pretty, like, his body head ratio is a little off in a way that's hard not to notice when you're Star Jonesy. Star well, Jonesy. He also, has, he also has a lot of tattoos that are indescript in the way that poser tattoos are. And then he has a lot of uh, uh, Asian light, you know, sort of fake Buddhist uh beads and things yes. on oh, and that, that he wants like you to see. Necklace? And, yeah. Yeah, oh. and the necklace. Every, and everything is placed in a way that's like. This is not clearly for me. This is for you to see. These are for you, the viewer of what is Jackson Galaxy, to see and to notice. And then as the show is filmed, there's also, you know, it's like I'm introing the show. Of course, I'm introing it from my Camaro, and there needs to be a bunch of shots of me in the Camaro and driving. Nothing in the Camaro has to do with cats. But you should know that on this day, the way I got to the shoot was in this badass Camaro that yeah. I made them put seven different GoPros on so we could get so many fucking... Yeah, it's like, it's like he's on an episode of Diners, Drive and, and Dives, except he's going to see a fucking cat, right? <laughs> he's got I mean, a guitar, like, in the back seat. Oh, no, so... Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. I was sorry let, me, let me direct some traffic here. Jilly, do you have something to say? I do. I don't know. How am I supposed to tell you when I have something to say? I will uh, ask you if you have well, something to say. Well, I would like to interject, because Liam, I don't... Like, I realize how awful Jackson Galaxy is now. But he's actually gotten a little better because before, the show used to have a theme song that was written by Jackson Galaxy and performed by Jackson Galaxy. And it went something like, I'm a bad cat. You're not a bad cat. Oh, yeah. Like, so it was terrible. You should definitely look that up. And second of all, he used to always bring in with him to every house a big um, guitar case. And inside the guitar case... Would be full of like cat toys and treats and like. He still and, does that. There was a shot of the guitar case in this. Yeah, episode. you can still see oh, the guitar okay, case. Yeah, I didn't, I literally see, I didn't thought, see him very obviously bring it in for the cat. And it, then, it's like no. <laughs> that would have been great. He just it makes up a song on the spot. Now it's like El Mariachi except completely douchey. <laughs> Look, I, you know what? The idea that someone is a cat expert, I'm fine with that. Cats are cats are confusing animals that I have a lot of yes. respect for, and I think their psychology is different because unlike dogs who we bred to love us, we bred cats to hate things. That's why we kept them around, <laughs> was like that they would kill things for us, and now we're all surprised when they're hostile and weird. It's like we've bred them that way. So like, I, I, all of that makes sense to me. It's the idea that, for whatever reason, he's insecure about being a cat guy, and so he has to also let you know he's a badass. Whereas, like, you could watch a show like this, and without him ever directing the badassery into the show, you might be like, you know, I think maybe Jackson Galaxy's a little bit of a badass. That's what I'm, now, I'm getting that vibe. Now, speaking of this badass Jackson Galaxy, uh, Jill 
uh, did a little deep dive uh, herself on the life and work of Jackson Galaxy, and she has pulled up his real oh, name. You mean Richard Kirshner? Richard Kirshner. From the Upper West Side of Manhattan? From the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Is with the, an acting degree? With the acting degree. Is the name of Jackson Galaxy. He changed it while he was in his 20s. Liam... There's nothing wrong with changing your name. Sometimes it's a way to start a new beginning in your life. However, what are your feelings? Actually, first, I'm going to start with you, Jill. What are your feelings about someone changing their name to Jackson Galaxy? Well, I mean, I changed my name to Jill Tilly, so... Um, I don't know. He did it in his mid-20s. He, like, legally changed it. Like, I get that Richard Kirshner sounds like, you know, an attorney in the Upper West Side. I call him Dickie Kirsch. Yeah, uh, but... Jackson Galaxy. No, the other thing to mention is Jackson Galaxy is a former serious drug addict. Right. So it is possible that while in some sort of meth haze, he was like, Jackson Galaxy is a great name, and now he's stuck with it. Although, you know. It should also be brought up that if you go to Jackson Galaxy's website, he sells a lot of different products related to cats. And I'm sure this doesn't surprise anyone listening, Liam. I'm sure it doesn't surprise you. However, some of these products would be... I'm skeptical of some of these projects. Jill, uh, you've actually pulled up a list here. What, what are we uh, looking at? Um, so he sells some regular products like catifications and <laughs> toys and, you know, things that would be helpful for cats. Um, but he also sells things called spirit essences, which are holistic products that you're supposed to, like, put in your cat's food or spray around your house. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that, that is supposed to help them much like, you know, like, I don't know if you're ever, are you familiar with a product called Feel Away, uh, Liam? No. Oh, so what, Liam? Suze's. I'm not familiar well, with it. Well, basically, it's, it's, it's a, it, it's a manufactured hormone smell that helps calm down oh, cats. Oh, we who have really it. Really... Yeah, we have two of them, actually. Okay, so you know, so like these things like legitimately work. So this is like in that vein, but can I read to you the ingredients of Jackson Galaxy's? Spirit essence. I'd like to hear it, Jill. I would love to hear it. So each bottle of Jackson Galaxy Solutions is comprised of two types of ingredients, physical and energetic. <laughs> the, I know. The, the physical ingredients are spring water and alcohol used as a preservative. The energetic ingredients are Reiki energy and a variety of flower, animal, and gem essences. It's like fucking goop for cats. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Flower essences, okay, that's a thing that exists in the world. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you said animal essences. Sure. I, I, I don't know what animal essences we think are going to work on the kitty. You know what I mean? Like Probably the same have, ones in like feel away. Yeah, I guess so. So with their cat ones, but he just says animal in general, like it could be anything in there. Right, but right. Then we get to the gem essences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. confused as to what constitutes a gem. So we're rubbing something on a diamond and then squeezing it into the goo? Is that what yeah, we're doing? Yeah, that's it. There you go. You got it. Oh, my God. This. But don't forget about the Reiki energy. Yeah, there's also Reiki energy. There. I mean, that's the first I'm trying to go for the most rational thing first and then work my way out here. Sure. Well, it's, it's, as soon as you say the words Reiki energy, I'm like, okay, well. No, yeah, no, no. By the way, each bottle is $24.95. Holy oh, fuck. Jesus. Um, I find myself skeptical about the speed in which Jackson Galaxy makes psychological determinations regarding the cats that he encounters. Now, of course, we have to recognize that this is a reality television show. There's probably a lot of research we don't see. There's probably a lot of footage that's cut out. In fact, we know for a fact that there is. But the the, the connections he makes between a cause and effect, uh, one of the cats that are featured on this show is the Jekyll and Hyde cat. 
Now, this, right. is, this is not a cat that belongs to Eric and Eliza Roberts. It's a different couple. Yeah. Uh, and this cat during the day is very nice. But at night, it's a terrifying beast which threatens to claw out the eyeballs of its owners. Don't you think, Liam? I mean, it, it, it did seem actually like it was pretty – I, I think the idea that it was trying to murder them might be a little excessive. Uh-huh. But it doesn't matter. You get bit or scratched enough times by a cat and it's not fun. Yeah, you're going to wake up blind. No doubt about it. So <laughs> – what they discovered, what Jackson Galaxy discovered, was using hidden night vision cameras. <laughs> was that uh, this cat was getting freaked out by reflections or uh, elements of a neighbor pulling into its driveway, uh, their driveway, and the lights just shining off of something in the front yard. That was freaking it out and causing it enough agitation that it turned into a fucking uh, nightmarish hell beast. The the problem with this, I mean, I kind of thought this um, before, is that uh, when he talks to this couple, he's like, well, we're going to put these cameras around, and then we're going to use that evidence to diagnose your cats. We're also going to put your cats on a drug that's going to alter its behavior. So then he's looking at the thing, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, I think it's these shadows is freaking it out and whatever, whatever. But he has no solution for that. The cat is just fucking drugged. Like the drug was the solution. Yeah. He just wants to be like, I figured it out. It's the shadows. Meanwhile, for all we know, there's a fucking cougar in the neighborhood. And that's yeah, right. The cat out. Like, Absolutely. It could have just not been shown on the camera, right? And the cat is, or maybe the cat encountered it once a month ago and it's just looking for it every night and feels agitated. So but you it's... really do think the cat has PTSD? Yes, he did say that the cat has PTSD. Look, I, Jackson Galaxy was hoping that he would turn on the footage and there'd be some homeless guy fucking their lawn ornaments or something and it'd be like that's it that's the that's the x factor right there or a feral cat i mean that's or a feral cat which again is almost certainly something that is around that area that the cat can smell because it's a big it's a neighborhood so uh, like i said it the the connections he makes now obviously the drugging of the cat or the medication that it's taking seems to have had some sort of positive effect but yes the vet had already recommended that yeah. The vet had already been like, listen, we should try this medication and see if it helps. What was the were, reason for not doing it? Because then the vet said most people, when it doesn't work, they put their cat down. And these people, for whatever reason, felt like, well, <laughs> if that's the case for more people, if this doesn't work, we'll definitely have to put down our <laughs> yeah. cat. So they said, we won't do it. And then J- Jackson comes in and is like, oh, an actual medical professional said you should do this. Well, I think you should do it. Now, look. I'll take credit. I'll I'll, uh, I'll show a little sensitivity on this episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, and I'll admit that I have three cats in my house, and I love them very, very much. I know, Liam, that you have two cats. You have what co- her case, Coffee name? and She-Ra. Oh, good job, Dad. Oh, yes, yes. This couple, uh, they, they get tearful about the idea. I mean, uh, maybe they're very stressed out about the fact that the cat is so wild during the night. They basically treat this cat like it's their child. Um, and, but they, they, like the gentleman starts to cry about the very idea that he has no control over what's going on and he might have to put his cat down. Did you feel that their behavior was a little outrageous? I'm of two minds about this. On one hand, um, I had a dog when I was younger, um, but not young, like a little kid, like sure. uh, high school age. And eventually it got sick and we had to put it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely cried like a fucking baby, like just like this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. And it wasn't actually literally the worst thing that ever happened to me. People I knew, real human beings had sure. died in my life. And I was more upset about this dog than any of those human beings. So I want to be sensitive to these people. But you were nice to them. They had the family fucking photo with the cat. 
Oh, I know. That was so funny. So, like, and you just want to picture the cat then clawing out their eyes afterwards. So the fact that the, that this dude was like sad about his cat in and of itself isn't that interesting. It's just I also think like you know I love my two cats. I think they're great. And if I had to put one of them down, <clears throat> I'd feel really bad about it. But I do not know how long me and Suze would put up with being clawed. Sure. That badly before we'd be like, fuck this cat. Well, you have a young child as well. I mean, that must add an extra factor that you just, you know, there's a danger to that. Yeah. I mean, that's part of our concern right now. Like, even just as fun, fun time kitties, they might by mistake scratch the baby. And that would, like, <laughs> make me flip out. And this cat is not fun time kitty cat. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes when you just have a cat and the cat's having fun with you, the cat's like, I'm too excited and I'm going to bite you. And, if you're a cat owner, I granted nor- many normal people wouldn't do this, but as a cat owner, when my cat gets very excited and bites me, I'm just like, all right, all right, come on, calm down. Like, it doesn't bother me. But that doesn't seem, this cat was hunting them. I mean, it literally engaged in hunting activities. He goes out of the room, he makes a circle around the room. If you're in the room when he does that second circle, he's going to get you. And I was like, <laughs> you're cat's literally a shark. hunted by your cat, and you're like, I guess we'll just lock the door? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they're terrified. But- it's crazy to me like i i I just uh so i i'm both understanding because it can be very sad to lose a pet on the other hand this pet has been hostile to them for what sounded like a very long time so i was confused by that let let, uh jill you have something to add to that i i have a question liam um so when i saw these people crying about it i was hearkened back to a time when i only had one cat and that cat felt and that would be Stanley. He felt like incredibly important to me. But as I have fully dug into filling this house to zoo capacity, um, this is going to sound so weird, but I feel less attached to each of them in a sense that I don't want anything bad to happen to them. I'd be very sad if one of them died. But the the sense of like desperation, the thought of losing one of them hmm. seems a little more mitigated. Interesting. And then the other question I had for you, Liam, is... Do you feel like your relationship with your cats and the level of concern and tolerance that you have for them has changed since you've had a baby? It's a good question. Um, on as far as the first thing, I, that might be true, especially since I see the cats together. Like I was convinced Shira was the coolest cat in the world, and then we got coffee, and now Shira sometimes is a real punk to coffee, and I get mad at Shira, and I'm like, "Yo, Shira, watch your shit! Like, what is your deal right now?" And so that that sort of uh, sort of changes my perspective on Shira. Um, as far as the the way that I react to the cats because of the baby, I mean, I think the baby takes up more of my attention than that than the cats do. But that would have probably, I just think I I like pets a lot and I care about pets. Um, but I'm actually more, even though I have cats now and I've always had cats, I'm more of a dog person in some ways. Like I just emotionally connect to dogs, and with cats, I get the sense that most of the cats I've had. They just want me to leave them the fuck alone. Like, <laughs> yes, there are times where they want pets, but that's like a, a moment. Like, uh, like the the cat comes to you and it's like, now is a time when I require from you, human, physical affection. And then that has a definite deadline. You know, there's an end right. point where they're like, we've had enough affection. If you continue to touch me, I will fuck your day up. Like, move on, please. Well, Leah, let me interject here. Uh, I think the problem you're having is that you're not 
giving enough stimulation to the cats to allow them, right? <laughs> well, I and have not catified my house. That you should have. Ca- you need to cat. Look, you need to catify your house. You sure. need to set up. You need to set up like drawbridges and fucking yeah. ladders all over the place so they can climb over your shed. Because was- if you don't, you're not providing them with the level of of uh, interaction and excitement that they require, and they're just going to clout your eyes when no, you're asleep. I, I think you're right. I've got this backyard. It's about twice the size of my house i was thinking just putting a net over the whole goddamn thing and banking into like a cat playdrome i also have this spray it's made out of diamonds in my own cum and i think you can use it to calm down you know it really creates a really positive energy and also here's a cd of my latest uh band it's called cat daddy and the he calls himself the cat Daddy. he does call himself the cat daddy that's true that's I, so that's, it's a fucking lame and thing. And Team Cat Mojo. We need to turn very quickly back to Eric and Eliza Roberts. Sorry. The issue that they are dealing with in this episode is that their cats basically run free on their large property. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes they're getting lost. They have a cat named Brooklyn, who is a blind cat. They also have two cats, one named Stevie and one named Wonder, which shockingly are not blind, which is very confusing for me. <laughs> I got confused all throughout the episode. Uh, but these cats... Yeah, they don't necessarily have behavior problems. It's just that they run off whenever they kind of feel like it, and they they're not spending enough time indoors. And when Eric specifically is challenged on this, he thinks that it's mean to have a cat be an indoor cat. Now, Liam, your cats are they indoor cats? They are one hundred percent indoor cats. Uh, our three cats are also indoor cats, and in fact, I would never in a million billion years put them outside because they would be murdered by either another cat or run over by a car literally in seconds. Wouldn't you they, agree, Jill? They'd get fucking murdered by a pigeon. They're so yeah. stupid. Our cats are not ready to exist in the world. I mean, uh, I think if, if I lived on a l- very large piece of land and my relationship with my cat is that I still required of that cat to occasionally murder things. Right. Then I could have an indoor outdoor cat, but I feel like as soon as you're around cars and other people's animals, and um, you know, I just in don't... our case, methadone clinics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just think that the the I've been very convinced that cats are meant to be indoors if they're going to be your pet, you know, and that cats who are outdoors, in some sense, they're you know they're not in that relationship with you. They might come into your house. But the reality is, like, they're out there, and if they don't feel safe, they're going to disappear and go somewhere else. And so my mom, we when I was growing up, we had an indoor-outdoor cat named Tartar, who was a very tough cat. And uh, most of my life, my mom thought that Tartar should have the run of the house and do whatever he wanted. If he wants to go out, he goes out. He wants to sure. come in. And then one day, Tartar followed me to school, which he did almost every day. He would follow me to school, and then he'd come back home. And he didn't come back home. And he didn't come back home for nine months. And when he came back, uh, when my mom finally, someone called that they had found Tartar, he was okay because they had been feeding him. But when they found him, he was not okay. He had definitely been through it and got lost. And any cat, no matter, I mean, Tartar was the smartest cat I've ever met and very tough. And uh, he still got lost. He still got freaked out. He still couldn't find his way home. And, you know, it almost killed my mom. She loved that cat so much. I like Tartar. He's great. But I I don't think I had the same affection. But my mom, it was like the end of the world. So I I think about that. And I'm like, you know, when we made Tartar an indoor cat, a cat who had been outside most of his life, at no point was he like, this is the worst. I need to get out of here. Like there wasn't any bolting outside there was no you know a, a couple times when i was uh, later on he got out and sat on the front porch and that was like right. the extent of his rebellion like i think cats are okay being inside if 
And and this is actually the part about Jackson Galaxy that drives me crazy is that he has one or two insights that are so fucking obvious, but apparently people don't know, which is like, does your cat act out? Maybe you should play with it. This <laughs> is like this deep psychological. I've really connected to the spirit of your cat, and this is what the cat needs. And I'm sitting there going, "Who doesn't know you got to play with the fucking cat? Like, who are these people that are like, I don't know. We just let the cat do its thing in our tight house, and it's fine. It's like, no, the cat has at least at in a younger age, the cat has energy. You have to work, help the cat work out its energy, or the cat will fuck your shit up in some way. I love because, he... like, what do cats do? They eat, sleep, and hunt things, right? Like. That's what they do. Yeah. And if, I love how they he comes back, you know, for a second visit. So now they have all this footage of them. They're just playing with the cat, right? Like, that's supposed to be representative of their daily activity. Right. Liam, we're going to get into, uh, when your wonderful wife joins us, uh, the solution to the Roberts issue. Uh, but before we get to that, we need to take a break. But before we take a break, we need to ask Jill, since she's about to leave us. Yes. Is Eric Roberts the fucking man in this episode of My Cat from Hell, Jill? Okay, so, um, no. I mean, Eric Roberts is basically not even in... This is an Eliza Roberts show. Uh-huh. Um, and also, Eric Roberts is annoying and stupid. So. Okay. All right. So, that's that's a one person saying Eric Roberts is not the fucking man. Liam, I want to hear your perspective. You know... Don't be influenced by my wife. I, I certainly never am. I, I would never say that I prefer your wife to you in any oh, way, shape, or form. Good, I guess. However, she might be more clear-eyed to see something that is true, which is that Eric Roberts is barely there. I mean, his one input to the fucking conversation is that he could he could never keep the cats in. I could never keep them inside. They have to live their best life through me. Also, you can tell he doesn't care about this show because he's wearing those awful shoes. He has, I like his shoes. His nice bright red shoes are very oh attractive. Yeah, the point is, is that he's not the man in this episode. I'm still I, – I want Eric Roberts at some point to just like yell at Jackson like, you know, you don't tell me what to do or something. <laughs> I was in Star 80. <laughs> yeah. Or just go along with it and be a happy guest and just be charming. Are you talking but to the Coca-Cola kid right now? <laughs> he's not even charming. He's just sort of doing his thing. The most awkward moment for me is when Jackson's trying to lure them out of the tree, yes. which is a disaster. Jackson's like, oh, my God, cats are in a tree. The world is it's, it's his, Yeah, the world is going to end. If they they're, fall, literally, they're literally like an inch over his head. And also, if they fall, what are they going to do? What do cats do? They land on all fours. Anyway, so he's trying to get them out of the tree, and Eric Roberts comes out, and he just looks like the sad uncle. There's yeah. just a moment where he's like the sad uncle watching the kids play, and I just am like, oh, man, this is not a good look for Eric Roberts right now. It's not good. I, I just want to jump back, Liam. You said that Jill would be more clear-eyed than me. What do you mean by that? Well, because you, in general, love Eric Roberts, and so you want to believe that even on something like this, he would be the man. I, I'm getting an implication of what you're saying that I, for some reason, cannot be uh, uh, of sound mind when it when it comes Objective. to Eric Roberts' projects because of my feelings about him. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, you know. You know what I have to say to that, Liam? Yeah. Eric Roberts is the fucking man, of course, <laughs> in this episode of My Cat from Hell featuring Jackson Galaxy. However, we're going to find out what happens with Eric and Eliza Roberts and how they come to some sort of conclusion, a happy conclusion with their cats right after this. I want to thank Jill for taking some busy time out of her schedule. She's literally <laughs> on her phone right now, not paying attention to what's going on at all. 
Um, I just have one thing I want to say. What's that? Is that I know Liam's wife will probably be a better guest than I am. Uh Uh-huh. But I don't want you to comment during the episode, wow, you're a way better guest than my wife. Are you talking to me or Liam? Oh, you. I don't care what Liam thinks of me. (laughs) Jill, thank you so much for taking the time to join us uh, for this episode of Eric Roberts' The Fucking Men. We're going to take a break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Susan Tyndall. Join us just after... (laughs) Just after this. Jackson Galaxy works with a couple with a blind cat who's suffering from living in a chaotic environment. He then visits a Jekyll and Hyde cat, Jude. That's a darling during the day, but a nightmare at night. Yeah, that's the same description that I said before for My Cat from Hell, Season 9, Episode 7, or possibly Season 8, Episode 6, according to the Internet Movie Database. Uh, we're going to continue here talking with, uh, with Liam about My Cat from Hell, but we've been joined by his lovely and wonderful wife, Susan. Susan... Thank you so much for joining us, by the way. I want to first get your thoughts on Eric Roberts. Do you know who Eric Roberts is? Yes, I have seen Eric Roberts' appearances in season something of Suits. It was quite quite a long run for Eric Roberts. Now, we've, we've yet to delve into the mythology of Suits. In fact, it's starting to seem like we should have waited to talk about Suits and then have you on for that. But I thought it was very important, because you're a cat owner, both of you are cat owners, that you would have some insight into the character of Jackson Galaxy. We first heard my wife, uh, she had some controversial statements about him and, and his performance in this episode. What are your thoughts, Susan, on Jackson Galaxy? Jackson Galaxy has um, quite the... I I really don't believe in his cat abilities <laughs> overall. Like, I, I feel like he just got lucky with these two. And I would... And, and maybe your wife can speak to the previous seasons of his cat, Daddy Magic. But I'm really... I'm really sensing that he just kind of sees some patterns and, and then covers it up with his, with his amazing acting ability. Now so, this, yeah, this, this show, my cat from hell is obviously inspired by uh, Caesar Milan's show, the, the dog whisper. Right. And dogs are very well known for their ability to be trained in some in very complex ways. I have a dog here who, uh, if I have a treat in my hand, can do a series of tricks, which are only impressive when you see them for the first time. Um, but cats, I feel like, are a little bit more strong-headed. 
Which means that a lot of the behavioral things that Jackson seems to point out seems to, as Liam referred to, they seem to be kind of obvious. I would agree with that, as as well as I I did not grow up with cats at all. In fact, these are the first two cats that I have ever been in my life, and um, I have to say that they their behavior is so confusing. Nobody can be a cat whisperer. That's like the whole point. Is like <laughs> they. They don't call it hurting cats for a reason, like as a difficult situation, you know, that right. you have to hurt cats. So so in in a sense, Jackson Galaxy is setting himself up for failure, <laughs> but he's going to go down in a blaze of green Camaro glory. <laughs> what's, it, what's weird about it is I actually do believe that there are cat psychologists but when I've heard cat psychologists on NPR, because that's the only place you would hear them. And, of uh, course, that's the only radio that you listen to. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually quite an accurate statement. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I hear them, their big point is that, like, you can't really predict. I mean, that cats cats do need patterns. I mean, he says stuff that I know is true. Sure. Cats like patterns. They like to predictability so that they know what's going on with you. But that doesn't mean... They are such they are so affected by instincts that we've bred into them that predicting them in such a I mean, he's it, it feels to me like he's using very anthropomorphic ways of describing these cats. Right. That doesn't feel like he has any insight into what cats are like. Now, there's one other segment on this episode of My Cat from Hell uh, that we haven't talked about yet. We do get the Eric and Eliza Roberts segment where their cat has kind of, their cats really have been roaming free. There's the Jekyll and Hyde cat that was solved with some drugs and the recognition that scary lights were making it crazy during the night. Yeah. But there's also a third segment featuring a, uh, a rather famous viral video of a child who is walking towards its house and it's attacked by a dog, a very vicious attack by a dog. And then that dog is then attacked by that family's cat and we spend a little time with them at the end of the episode starting with you liam um had you seen that video before yes uh, a, a few times and so what did you think of that they really present this cat as being heroic in that situation i mean i um i'm actually okay with that even though i don't know how accurate that is i mean it could very much be cat just sees a dog and it's like i'm gonna fuck this dog up i don't know but i'm okay with the idea that the cat being heroic in yeah it did sense. i mean it did something that i mean it they say that say that cat that sorry that that child's life and it very well might have uh I, at the very I, least. I actually really do think it did because it was a serious bite and it looked like the dog was ready to start whipping you know that that sort of dog activity when they've caught something and they i whipped whipping. my child back and forth okay um <laughs> and so you know and in that sense the Jackson was kind of accurate like the cat attacks the dog like hits the dog and then follows the dog to make sure it's run away but then it does come back to check on the, on the kid and I th- all of that says to me a very personal connection um, you know may- maybe not the sort of thing that we sort of describe but at least protective of, of the kid and you know that's very inspiring um, I don't know about what then the way that Jackson Galaxy uses that, but uh, but the video itself is very good. Now, knowing that you are at heart a dog person, Liam, sure, the the dog in the video ended up getting put down because of that attack. I I will say that I was very 
happy to see that Jackson Galaxy was kind of... Uh, he, he didn't just celebrate that. He was very much of two minds about it, which is that it's a real tragedy that this dog had to be put down. But uh, at least the child was, was saved in that circumstance. Did you feel similarly to him? It's always tragic when a dog has to be put down, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I... I I'm not saying that... Um we need to be a more litigious society in general. However, it just seems to me that in a situation like that, when your dog has behaved in that way and um, you have to put the dog down, there needs to be some acknowledgement that that's to some extent probably the owner's fault. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's what makes me unhappy because I just really do think that like dogs, this is probably true of many animals, but at least dogs are most common sort of, you know, domesticated animal. They, they aren't born mean. Like you, you make a dog that sees a kid and is like, I'm going to get this kid. Like you made that happen. And maybe, you know, there's circumstances around that. Like, of course there's always mitigating whatever, whatever, but it, to some extent, the dog owners are what's going on. And the fact that that dog has to die. And I'm not necessarily saying that the dog then shouldn't be put down because, you know, what else are you going to do at that point? Like, clearly, I guess you could rehabilitate the dog, but that was such a serious attack. That right, it'd be right. Hard to me to to for it to seem worth it. Uh, Susan, do you feel the same as Liam in this circumstance? About the dog. About the dog. About how uh, they reacted to it on the show, and also the fact that owners kind of uh, should have some of the responsibility when a dog does such a kind of vicious attack like that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nice that there was some gravitas. Uh, portrayed but on behalf of jackson galaxy explaining the story some let's be clear only only some i mean well he's a cat guy (laughs) he did use the affectionate term like well done my son (laughs) 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 so you know i can't he is the father of all cats (laughs) he's the cat cat daddy daddy. (laughs) i mean we we have that established i'm pretty sure Um, the daddy of all cats so, you know, I, I like that he took like a brief second just to have some sort of sympathy with that. No, no creature should be harmed um, and in what in as as much of a drastic situation as possible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it it really is, especially when it involves a child. Um, you're just it. You have to take that into all sorts of your consideration of care. So I, you know, it's, it's, it's always a sad thing to know that a pet has, has had to be put down um, for that type of reason, but it was really vicious. So Susan, going back to the Eliza and Eric Roberts part of this episode, what was their solution for their problem of their cats wandering around? (laughs) So their solution was to, uh, well, a, um, keep them inside more or make inside more interesting. What is the catification of the indoor indoors of the Roberts home as well as build the fence that was not ready in the first episode or first part of the visit. Um, and so they had to come back a third time just to come see the outdoor fence. Um, but to build an outdoor fence that has kind of, Cat catapulting technology that would catapult the catapult. cat. <laughs> it was not a catapult. It was like a bridge. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about the the top of oh, the Oh, God, yes. <laughs> that the fence bends over 
so that if the cat tries to go over the fence, it can't handle the weird weight of it and whatever. Yeah, they so, they spent a lot of time talking about the top of that fence. Right, they did. And, and Jackson <laughs> Galaxy very kindly, you know, demonstrate how the cat would fall down. I wouldn't understand how it worked it. if know, you didn't do that. I know. I would have been clueless. How would I know? But then, I mean, and then, you know, the very carefully structured cat funnel that then brought them and dumped them in the, in the outdoor portion which by the way was very funny that they had like a cat litter box on the outside like so that they would still do their business in a in a contained space yeah. which kind of leads me to believe that maybe before that wasn't happening so there was probably like cat pee in the pool or you know um but they didn't like cover the Cool. I think the their the fenced in area was not their whole yard. Was not the whole. They yard. took a portion yeah. of the yard and fenced it in. Yeah. I guess because it was probably too expensive to fence <laughs> in their entire goddamn yard for these cats. <laughs> but they, you can tell that they really invested in the Jackson Galaxy solution. I of... mean, we haven't talked about it on the show on this episode yet, but we have talked about it in the past. These are people who apparently run a goddamn squirrel. Uh, sanctuary. sanctuary right so i think they can spend money on their cats have put a fence up yeah and let's talk about the mixture of squirrel and cat well yeah i mean they're, <laughs> they literally like this is the feeding area for the raccoons and possums and squirrels and our cats are back here and and the the look on jackson i mean for the most part i do not identify with jackson galaxy the only part i really did kind of like feel for him a little bit is when they're just like yeah, just out here is where all the food is, where the cats and the raccoons and the possums are. And I was like, if it, if I was Jackson Galaxy, I would be like, yo, a raccoon will straight fuck a cat up. Like, just for fun. Like, what is wrong with you? So did you feel like this was an adequate solution to the problem that they were encountering? <laughs> um, I I mean, they really went above and beyond for their their um quintet of cats right oh quintet good um yeah i'm working on my vocabulary so um (laughs) but i i think what is interesting is that uh is that eliza is obviously like the one the caretaker of of these cats if it were up to just eric roberts he would just let the freedom of the cats, you know, run the household. Right. Like he would just be like, you're a cat, just fend for yourself. Right. It seemed like when Jackson first got to their house too, they just kept doors wide open yeah. so the cats could come in and out. Like there weren't even cat doors. They just kept doors actually <laughs> physically open and windows physically open as if bugs don't exist in the world. Let's, so the cats can come in and let's out. Let's talk about Jackson Galaxy's entrance into the Roberts home. And how he immediately was so concerned about Brooklyn that he <laughs> went underneath their house in he the went, basement. He went to their basement, which, by the way, look, I'm not going to be critical like Jill was about the, the state of their house necessarily. But I will say that the wires he was like looking into, <laughs> it looked like that place could burst into flames at any second. I was very concerned for not the cat's safety, but for Eric and Eliza, like... Yo, I know y'all are older and it's, you know, you're in the time of your life where things don't matter as much, but, you know, you need to have one of your kids over and have them redesign this goddamn house because this, <laughs> this is not working out. 
So that being our first impression of Jackson Galaxy, like I'm going to take the initiative to go into your basement right, right away, kind of like without even scouting out the rest of the house, <laughs> um, was, was a little intrusive. Um, and also very hilarious fodder for the rest of the show that he would like creep underneath the basement. <laughs> I mean, Liam, I, I, it, Liam, sorry, sorry, Liam. I just wanted to, since you're about to speak anyway, you felt like Jackson was being particularly critical in these opening scenes. Yeah, but this is, I will say, this is, was my conflict when the show first started. Because on one hand, Jackson's affect is awful. Like, he comes into the house, he's in front of what is to me basically acting royalty, and he's just kind of like, oh my God. Like, he just can't handle the way that these folks are living and how they're treating their cats. I mean, talk about an acting background. Yeah, that no, was, that that's now true. Makes perfect sense. He was doing a lot of eye work. Yeah. There was a lot of eye work involved in mm-hmm. what he was doing and reactions. There was a lot of times where the camera would kind of zoom in on him a little bit just so you could really see him be like, oh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> whatever, whatever. where's Brooklyn? Okay. So we've said all that, but can I just say, He's not necessarily wrong, though. Like, I was watching it, and I'm like, yo, I can't believe I'm agreeing with this dude with the douchebag facial hair, because, Roberts, what are you doing with these cats? Like, why do you have five cats just wandering in and out, doing whatever the fuck they want? fighting with raccoons every goddamn night? I mean, this is the problem, right? Like, the times when Jackson Galaxy really nails it, it's because people are crazy and don't realize that they should do things with their cats. Like, right. I, I, you know, I have all the affection for the Roberts. I wish he had come in and immediately been like, by the way, I love you and I love both of you and you're really great. Like, I wish that, <laughs> I wish that had been his attitude. But he's not wrong because it's obvious that they're crazy. And in fact, if El- I continue to think that if Eliza wasn't there, Eric's life, I mean, he would have already been covered in uh you know, old newspapers and surrounded by dead animals <laughs> his cats had brought to him as tribute. Like, I just feel like he's very much moved into old man territory. And he's just kind of like, let the cats live their lives. Like, I like what? how there's uh, a way back when the very early episodes of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. We had uh, the episode of wife swap. Liam, did you ever end up watching that episode of wife swap? No. And I probably never will. Well, okay. But that episode of Wife Swap uh, involves um, Eric and Eliza obviously swapping uh, with the Robin Leach's uh, family, in fact. But that it, it features the cats in that episode. And there's this great scene of Eric Roberts just, I think he's just pretending to be napping with the cat laying right on top of him. Like that exact thing is shown once again here. It seems like his literal favorite thing is to just lay on his bed while the cat just sleeps on top of him. Okay, can we also talk about the abuse of Eliza? Or maybe you have already covered this. No, no please. The abuse that Eliza has taken from from Wonder. Yeah, the, and what was the solution for Wonder, by the way? Like, no one ever addresses the fact that she has literal holes in her chin from yeah. this cat. And she still loves it. Right. Yeah, it's a really strange opening to the show, right? Because yeah. there's obviously something up with her face, and you're kind of want, want to be like, oh, is the show going to acknowledge it? Is this not something we're supposed to talk about? And then she reveals very quickly, yeah, the cat clawed the fuck out of my face. And then you're like, oh, that seems like a real behavior problem. You know what you need for that? Uh, like uh, uh, a guy who's a cat, a cat behavioral therapist, but then he doesn't address it at all no. in the show. He, he definitely does in he goes okay well that's easy we'll fix that but then he never (laughs) never 
it, it like it, it landed on the cutting room floor. They were like, uh, that all that face biting stuff wasn't as interesting. Let's focus on the blind cat. I think it would have been great if if Eric and Eliza and Jackson Galaxy got more and more clawed up in their faces as the episode went on. So every yeah. time you return them, there's more holes in their face. It's like, yeah, we're still working on that problem. <laughs> well, no, they. Well, this is what's so weird. They suggest. They do uh, sort of acknowledge that their behavior is better on the second visit, but they never yes. really get into – like I picture someone's watching this show. They also have a fucking clawed up face, and they're like, what exactly? Which of these things solved the face claw problem? How do, do I need I to build a giant fence claw? around my house? Yeah. Apparently, you just need cat toys. It's interesting that he has his own line of cat toys, and then most of the solutions involve cat toys. It's right. interesting. That's an interesting word that you're using, interesting, right there, Liam. What do you mean by interesting? Well, I'm just saying it's, you know, the uh, the the idea that what the cats need are some of the very things he's interested in selling you. Hmm. Is it hmm. just an interesting thing? That's all. Does Jackson Galaxy also have his own line of catnip? I, I'm almost certain that, yes, he does. Yeah. Mm, designer catnip. Designer catnip. Oh, oh, oh. He, he, he rubs it on some crystals before he said, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, dispensary. Catnip <laughs> dispensary, yeah. I mean, I'm feeling like if this if this show ever gets canceled, which apparently it's not, um, <laughs> that that will be his next Nine choice. goddamn seasons of this Nine shit. Nine seasons. That's well, so many cats from hell. I feel it. Like, yeah, this epidemic worldwide of I cats. Mean, I, think, I think at this point that's just they're cats. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm shocked that they didn't go with this season as being like an all celebrity season of My Cat from Hell because you know how shows do that all the time. That's but true. instead, they brought in a celebrity and then did not acknowledge that they were a celebrity, which might be the most odd way to interact with a celebrity on a reality show I've ever seen. Um, I should posit the question before we get into whether Eric Roberts is the fucking man or not. Do you think that the behavioral modifications that Eric and Eliza have made? Are, uh, are going to solve their cat behavior issues, starting with you, Suze. I think they will still have cat behavior issues because five cats is a lot, and Eliza does not seem to be slowing down anytime soon with that. I feel like, you know, all it's going to take is an introduction of another cat, and then it's all going to be <laughs> hellacious again um, in the Roberts' home. Um, but maybe, maybe... I feel like as long as, you know, Eric Roberts keeps playing with the toys and the cats, you know, I think, I mean, I think it could be a a long-term solution, Um, especially since their outdoor fence is like indestructible. So (laughs) it will never, (laughs) those walls will never come down. Uh, Susan, before I I toss it over to Liam, which of your two cats, Shira or Coffee, is your favorite? Oh, I don't know. There, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Shira's been such an ass lately. Like she's just been really. Um, <laughs> we probably need to send her to a cat therapist, <laughs> not Jackson Galaxy. No, he's not welcome in my home. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we would not let that facial hair in here. No, unacceptable. <laughs> but um, so it's hard because she's been such a butt, but she's also been really like cute in that she's been very needy. So um, I don't know. Coffee is we haven't figured her out yet, so I guess I'm still gonna have to say Shira because. We just don't know coffee that well. Fair enough. Liam, uh, do you have the same answer? I just refuse to answer. It's such a fucked up question. Ask me is, it, is it a fucked up question? Between, I rank my cats my all the time. Fur babies? 
Uh, I have from... three cats and a dog, and I can rank them in every way possible. <laughs> Believe me, it, it's not that difficult. And in, in fact, if you search deep down, Liam, you know it's not difficult. Can I say the one insight? The more I think about it, there is one actual thing that uh, that Jackson Galaxy said that I think actually will, like I really believe, changed the dynamic of the kitties. All right, mm-hmm. let's hear it. The bell on the one kitty. Oh, that's right. Because it's he, blind. When he said it, I was like, God damn it. Why didn't I think of that? And I wonder if the Robert. It was the one moment when I felt like the Roberts weren't acting when they were taking his opinion. <laughs> right, seriously. right, right. Like the whole time, I, I'm kind of like, as soon as he leaves, they're like, fuck that dude. Like they just don't care about him. But the one thing he says where Eric Roberts visibly is like, oh, yeah, yeah, is when he's like, put a bell on the other cat so the blind cat knows he's coming. Right, right, right. And then he won't get mad anymore. I mean, he... And I was like, Fuck, obviously. That's the most obvious solution to this whole fucking he thing. He was wearing his rose-colored glasses during that. <laughs> he was. He was. No, looking no, great after that. Yeah. No wonder he had more positive perspective on all the yeah. advice he was getting. <laughs> Liam, we've already heard your opinion on whether Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Have you decided to change your opinion in this second segment? I mean, it's hard because, like I said, um, I, I almost want to say he's the man because he never um, – breaks down and just punches Jackson Galaxy. My wife isn't here anymore to scare you or intimidate you, Liam. You can definitely say that Eric Roberts is the man in this. But he's not. He's not the man. All right. Well, Susan, going over to you, knowing that you have had some Eric Roberts experience in your life, uh, but perhaps slightly less uh, less than Liam, um, did you feel like Eric Roberts was the fucking man in this episode of My Cat from Hell? Knowing the true villainy that eric roberts can play as in his suits experience that i that is what i know him of most recently um i feel like no because i know his potential so um i'm gonna have to say no he just wasn't present during this episode it was like very much eliza who was taking control of the situation and um you know the last portion Eric Roberts didn't even fucking show up for. So he how could he working. be the fucking man? If he yeah, he didn't even show up. Not even there. I can't believe there wasn't a segment where Keaton Simon showed up to jam outside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is sad to hear that uh, so many of you today believe that Eric Roberts is not the fucking man in this episode of My Cat from Hell. But uh, once again, I'm going to hold firm and say that I think in all of his rose-colored glory, Eric Roberts is... The fucking man. The guy loves animals. There's no doubt about <laughs> that. I, I I have to find myself somewhat skeptical that any of the issues that he ran into, uh, Jackson Galaxy ran into, regarding the cats in this episode, were actually issues that they were unaware of anyway. Because Eric Roberts does have, again, a strong relationship with like cat shelters and things like that. I figure this is maybe a way to get a free fence. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Free fences for all. That said, I'm still... Absolutely blown away that they don't mention the fact that Eric Roberts is on this episode as, you know, a celebrity. But, you know, in some ways it's a little bit refreshing. I guess uh, sometimes I get – this is something that was pointed out to me earlier in this episode by Liam. Sometimes uh, I can't be expected to give a a transparent, honest view of Eric Roberts' work because uh, of the blood oath, of course. Mm-hmm. And also because we have an Eric Roberts related podcast. So maybe this brought me down to earth once again. Uh, non-celebrity Eric Roberts. Yes, he's still the fucking man. But I can see the flaws that you were both referring to. With that said, we need to take our final break. When we return, we need to do some plugs. Uh, and of course, we need to say goodnight 
to Susan in just a moment, right after this. It's episode number 52 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And uh, yeah, once again, a very unique episode that we went through here. I want to give a shout out, even though she can't hear it at the moment, uh, to my wife, Jill Tilly, for joining us for the first segment. Yay, Jill. Uh, She shall not be returning (laughs) anytime soon. Uh, But however, Susan Tyndall, thank you so much for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to talk to us about my cat from hell. What a delight it was to talk to Liam's better half i should ask you is there anything that you'd like to promote while we're here oh no i don't i don't have any projects (laughs) certainly that's not the case liam is there anything that she should be promoting right now um no literally no (laughs) No. i mean because you know everyone on the show knows my wife is a pastor so if you i guess if you live in college hill you can come to uh, college hill presbyterian church but uh you know she doesn't really hype herself on social media right She's not really writing anything right now. Even her Instagram, she posts church stuff there that she doesn't necessarily want people to see who don't go to the church. So sure. I think... Um, and what is that Instagram account? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, she doesn't. I mean, I know that she's a big fan of Cinepunks, and it would make her very happy if lots of people listen to her. Well, before we talk about that, Liam, I want to point out that on June 19th, Eric Roberts did one more tweet where he said... Heart and wonder have made total friends thanks to at Precious Paws, at Animal Planet, at Jackson Galaxy, no cats from hell here, smiley face. So it, it there was a happy ending to the episode after all. Wait, what were the two names that he named in that tweet? Heart and wonder. What is that? Heart I guess was th- not even on the episode. <laughs> well, heart and wonder. <laughs> maybe, maybe the... <laughs> I, maybe Stevie is no longer Stevie. Maybe it's Hart. No, I, maybe Hart is just one of because there was five cats. I can't. We got Jackson. Cats. Yeah, we really only focus on three, three of the five. The other two cats are just there. One of them was Hart, and he likes to chill out with uh, with wonder. Apparently, so again, I'm glad to see that things seem to be working out in the Roberts household. Liam, you seem to be excited to be plugging something of your own. Let's hear it. Cinepunks.com. And you're also on Twitter. Is that correct? I am. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Liam Rules with a Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also follow Cinepunks on Twitter, uh, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. <laughs> Sorry, is the hiccup something we need to write in when you... <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> now, you have a number of... Po- <laughs> you have a number, a number of podcasts on Cinepunks, Liam. Which of the podcasts that are on there is your favorite? Oh, uh, that's easy. Cinepunks. Fuck everybody else. What's your second favorite? <laughs> Horror business, because I'm also <laughs> No, uh, you know, we have a bunch of new shows on there that are really great, uh, so I should spend some time hyping them. Um, uh, Got Me a Movie is uh, 
uh, Andrew and LB from Vincent Bryce's Laugh. And that's a really great show. They just did an episode on Repo Man that's really good. Uh, the Mandate is their new show. It's super short. It's like very short, quick takes on films immediately after the, they see it. So they do an intro. We're about to see this. This is what we think. They watch it. And then immediately in the lobby, they're just like, this is what we thought of the movie. And most of them are advanced screenings. So assuming we get faster at editing them, they'll be up before the movies are actually out. So you can find out sort of what people are thinking ahead of time. Um, and then uh, the new short story podcast, uh, Black Sun Dispatches, is really good. Um, that's... Uh, uh, I think we're on. I think we're on episode five for Black Sun Dispatches. Well, you should definitely check that out, Liam. Yeah. On our Podmas feature, it says that this podcast, this podcast at times resembles a Tiger Beat magazine dedicated solely to the best of the best star, Eric Roberts. Would you agree with that? I mean, I think so. I think uh, I only have a couple of pictures of Eric Roberts above my bed, but uh-huh. uh, but it's not unsimilar from Tiger. Beat. Fair enough. If people want to check out more episodes of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, you can go over to ericrobertsisthemand.com. You can also uh, check us out on Twitter at E-R-I-T-F-M or do a search for Eric Roberts is the man on Facebook. You, of course, should follow Eric Roberts himself on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. He is, after all, the fucking man. You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. You can find my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares, over at NoBudgetPodcast.com. We recently covered the David Rock Nelson legendary film, The Devil Ant, which you should check out at your own convenience. It was an epic recording, as was this recording of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Susan, thank you once again. Uh, I know it can't be easy to record with Liam. God knows it isn't for me. Um, but, uh, but I wanted to make sure that you had a voice, that you had the ability to, to really tell us what your thoughts were on Jackson Galaxy. And I'm very, very happy that those are out in the world. But with that said, it's time to close up the Eric Roberts bag once again. We'll be back in just two weeks. I'm actually off to Newfoundland in just a couple of days, but I'm going to return. I promise you I will return for more Eric Roberts goodness because Liam, why do I have to return? That goddamn blood oath. Because of our blood oath. We'll talk to you all soon in just a bit. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thanks, Doug. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking can.